Well, hello and welcome to another season of Rust Belt Startup, the podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Miller, and a Rust Belt Startup, if you don't know, focuses on long conversations, long form conversations, not always long conversations, with entrepreneurs, artists, educators, people that are living unconventional lives in unconventional locations. I am so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that I'm here because I took like a year off of doing this podcast and it was a sense of, wow, is anybody listening? Does anybody care? Are these conversations worth having? Spoiler alert, they are. So in this first episode, uh, I want to share with you a conversation with Mr. Scott Greats. And uh, Scott's one of those guys that I actually had met you know, uh, we had been on a panel together uh, several years ago, but I didn't really remember. And and, uh, and multiple people have been coming up to me and be like, "Oh, do you know? Do you know Scott? You got to know Scott. If you don't know Scott, let me introduce you, to Scott." And we uh, we had a pre conversation before the conversation that you're about to hear. That was that was awesome. And Scott is in the insurance business, but this is not a conversation about insurance or risk management. It's a conversation about how do you figure out where you want to be in life, what kind of life do you want to lead, and how do you set up the dominoes or the building blocks uh, around you over uh, over a long period of time that helps you to get there. One of the things that Scott has done that I'm really impressed with is he has created a, a separate business outside of his insurance business called Insurance Agency Optimization, where he's built a nationwide robust online community of people that are trying to optimize their own insurance agency. So his superpower is in optimization and he's leveraged that into building a a really great business around helping other people improve their processes. So we talk a lot about, you know, the discovery of your superpower and how do you leverage that into building a business or a product or a course or a community. And Scott also has a book that just came out called Essential F-Words for Teens, the 117 things that you need to know before graduation. And it's really a a love letter to his son uh, who is graduating high school this year. And it's all of the things that he wish he knew. It's, it's It's the wisdom of a dad to a son. And uh, we talk about some of those F words, not necessarily the F words you're thinking of, but we talk about those as well. And I'm going to link up the book in the show notes, which you should definitely check out. If you have Kindle, it's it's on sale as well. And I uh, just picked up my copy. Hope you will too. So uh, not going to waste any more time. Please enjoy this conversation with Scott Greats. I will say thanks for coming. This is this is I haven't done this in a while, and this is kind of weird because we're doing video and and stuff like that. So so upgrades. But thank you for uh, for being here. And uh, let's just start with with a little bit of the origin story. So from the Mohawk Valley. Yeah. But you were down in where? Were you north? Well, college in Rochester. Okay. And then for uh, what? After college, so for journalism. Okay. Uh, I was going to be the next great sports reporter. Oh, you're going for sports Until I found out that that was at the time I'm going to date myself, but that was like a seven dollar an hour job. Uh, to start, yeah. and that wasn't cutting it. Yeah. Did you do sports <laughs> journalism at all? No, I never ended up doing it. Okay. So I'll date myself again. I saw uh, an ad in the newspaper, Okay. Right, the physical print newspaper, um, to sell furniture at Raymore and Flanagan's, and I remember thinking, well, how hard can that be? And I found out how hard it is. <laughs> but that was my baptism yeah. by fire into sales, and once I got a taste for sales and the money that could be made, 
you know, that was it. Now my wife uh, is two years younger. She was at mm-hmm. St. John Fisher as well, where we went to college. And so I promised I would wait for her as long as she promised we could move somewhere warm. Okay. Yeah. You know, I wanted to go to Florida. She wanted to stay home. We literally looked at a map and decided on Virginia. Yeah. Meet in the middle. Yeah, meet in the middle. Yeah, meet in the middle. No, that's cool. Yeah. So. I want to hit Raymore and Flanagan for a second because yeah. to me uh, – you know, you were saying when we were meeting earlier, you're like, once I got a taste of sales, like now I'm, now I'm in yeah. it. That's to me like what hell is like is sales. Yeah. And I'm not wired. You know, you got to be. Do you feel like it's something that anyone can do or do you got to be wired for it? It's a great question. And this is something that when we get into what I do with the consulting side of it, it's it's the million dollar question. Yeah. Right. Can we train someone to be a salesperson or um, do we go the route that we've gone, which is we don't sell anything. Right. And and there's a great book by Daniel Pink. It's called To Sell is Human. And basically he says we sell all day long. Great restaurant, uh, great Netflix series, great guy, Ryan, you got to meet. Right. And and, but we don't call it sales. And so now whether it's furniture or real estate, banking, insurance, I've done it all. It's just, hey. You know, let's just have a conversation, Mm -hmm. figure out what's important to you. If I have a solution, I'll I'll offer it. If you say yes, great. If you say no, no big deal. Um, Is that sales? Maybe, maybe not. Right. But but ultimately, can anyone do that? Sure. You know, and then it's just at what level you're going to take it to. It's sales. But when you are. When you're in a position where I uh, where there's pressure to make that sale. Right. right? right. I feel like it's a different. It's a different ball of wax, um, you know. When you're doing, and I don't, I don't want to spend a ton of time on the on, sure, on furniture, yeah. but like furniture, <laughs> something everybody gets, right? Yeah. Because we've all bought furniture, yeah. and we've all um, had probably a mixed bag experience buying yeah. buying furniture. Um, how do you get yourself as a salesperson to? Um, I don't know, like, you know, did you believe in? How do you get yourself to believe? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So well, that's. The first thing, right, is yeah. you've got to be your own first believer, mm-hmm. um, and that goes deeper than just sales, right? When we yeah. talk about self-confidence in different arenas that, yeah. that we'll chat about, I'm sure. But the hardest thing about sales is the first 10 seconds, right? It's it's that icebreaker. Mm-hmm. And so I call this the Heisman. Uh, for those of you that watch college football, right, someone walks in, and what do you say? Oh, I'm just looking, right? Yeah. And they oh, put totally. the, they put the totally. hand up, and yeah. they give you the, the Heisman, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I don't know about you. You're a busy guy, right, family guy. You're not just walking into a furniture store because you have too much time on your hands right. and you're bored, right? You're there because you need furniture. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and so I, I know this. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah. But you're not going to show me your hand, so to speak, yeah. right? And, and so how do you capitalize on that first 10, 15 seconds, build the rapport, give that person space? Um, you know, basically ask permission, mm-hmm. give them some space, ask permission to follow back around with a specific purpose. Um, we had a few different, you know, techniques mm-hmm. and, and as far as just let me give you the lay of the land, explain the showroom. Um, we've got some snacks, we've got some beverages, anything yeah. in particular you like, you know, I'll circle back around with you in just a few. So give them their space. And then when you come back, you're coming back for a reason because you're mm-hmm. bringing them that beverage or that snack and, you know, ask a couple open ended questions, maybe something that has nothing to do with furniture, get them talking. Um, and again, I mean, you know, from uh, we're probably not going to spend a ton of time on, on sales techniques here, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but it, it's um, the biggest reason that people fall short in anything is that they're scared to do that initial 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to our fear of rejection. 
Yeah, 100%. And and the reason that people don't start things, you know, anything uh, that they want from uh, from life, passion, projects, and purposes, and just Mm -hmm. bucket list stuff, like what, you know, all that stuff is still on your list because you're scared to start. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really, when you look at sales, you say it's hell, and it it is for a lot of people Mm -hmm. because they're scared to start and they're scared of rejection. That's 100%, 100% me. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, I think that's 100% me. Nah. So, well, you're not alone. You're in yeah. a good company. And, and frankly, I struggle with it. I've been in sales 25 years in some capacity, mm-hmm. and there's not a sales appointment that I go into that I'm not nervous at some level. Um, you know, but it's a, now it's a healthy nervous. Sure. Well, you got confidence now, right, yeah. as well. So what happens when now you make the, you make the, the change to, um, it, to, to the, how'd you come to the insurance business? <laughs> yeah, so it, it's, um, I joke that when you fail at everything else in life, insurance will always be there for okay. you. We're just a group of failures. <laughs> I, nothing else worked out. So, um, you know, it, it's funny. Big be, industry. Be, yeah, right? big industry. It's probably, I would argue, is the best kept secret out there. You know, when you look at, and you're involved, obviously, mm-hmm. with, with college kids and, and, you know, and we're going to talk about that with my sons about to embark upon on that career. But, um, you know, it's the best kept secret in that you don't need any formal education. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't take on tons of debt. It, it's basically a four or five week process mm-hmm. to get your, your insurance licenses. Um, everybody needs it, right? So it's a natural yeah. conversation. And the upside potential is yeah, strong huge. six figures, if not millions, you know, if, if you want to move into to agency ownership, financial services, things like that. Um, and you can start at 18. You know, and, and uh, so I, I think it's an amazing opportunity, but that's a side note. So how did I get into it? I was in banking in 2008 uh, right here in New Hartford. And when the whole financial meltdown happened, HSBC I was with, they got rid of 6,000 jobs on a Monday. I was one of them. And uh, I was just sick of the month-to-month grind, mm. honestly. The, the worst thing about sales is February 28th, you're a hero, right? Ring the bell, you hit your and, goals, get yep. your check, and then March, March 1st, you're a piece of crap, you yeah. know? And it starts yeah. all over. And so what I liked about insurance is it's residual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I've learned, and, and this feeds well into what you're doing, is I never wanted a job that required me to trade my time for money. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to do something with my career from that point on where it required me to be there to get paid. And that's really when I dove into mm-hmm. this whole idea of leverage, uh, passive income. You know, right yeah. now, presumably, someone just paid their insurance bill and I got paid. Uh, someone's on my website for mm-hmm. our consulting company and they're watching one of my videos and, uh, you know, for training and I got paid. Uh, someone's on Amazon and bought a book and yeah. I got paid. And I'm getting paid multiple ways well, I have an, an awesome yeah, conversation yeah. with you today, you know, so. I know, and you're like, what time works for you? I was like, you, you know, you're like, oh, eight o'clock? I was like, no, nine o'clock. And to have the ability literally just be like, either of those work for me, like, that's very aspirational. <laughs> <laughs> Not know? every day is like that. No, but, yeah. I, to- I, totally, I totally get it. But that's, 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 that's um, that I think is the goal, for, especially as I was talking with, um, you know, I work with a lot of folks that are millennials, Gen Z, the, the, um, the currency isn't, money anymore the currency is time yeah you know and i totally i subscribe to that now and so it's it's trying to think about how do we decouple ourselves from space and time with income and you've you seem to have have figured that out um in your own oh go ahead a couple simple hacks uh that that bring that to light for me and so and this is what i love talking to kids doing career days and, and what i try to drive home to them is just think a little bit different when it comes to time and so when you're trapped in the bottle, you can't read the label, 
right? And so their kids, and so time to them mm -hmm. is like they've got endless time, yeah. and hopefully they do, right? Yeah. So they're not thinking about it. And so when you ask them, hey, who here wants to make money? And they're all like, yeah, we want to make money. Everyone raises yeah. their hand, this and that. And I chased money, right, for mm -hmm. the first 10, 12 years of my <laughs> career. And then I found money and realized, holy cow, I was chasing the wrong thing. And then it, it occurred to me that right now, somewhere in the world, there's an 80-year-old man worth $10 million plus on his deathbed, mm -hmm. literally, days to live, and would trade every penny he has to go back to his senior year of high school. Yeah. Every penny, yeah. without even thinking about it, right? And so you can always make money, mm -hmm. but you can't make time. And so it was just this idea of trading time and money that... And, and picturing myself as that 80 year old with $10 million and saying, hey, you don't want to be the richest guy in the graveyard, right? Yeah. So, so what yeah. is this for? Because everything you do comes at the expense of something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so just being aware you know, of, of what you're trading your time for. When did you come to that realization? Were Recently. You, you tend, oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it really, you know, probably within the last five years, um, yeah, I'm 45 now, and, and age never really mm -hmm. bothered me until I got to 40, and maybe that's because I do life insurance, and I realize that <laughs> statistically speaking, yeah. I'm kind of on the back nine now, right? <laughs> and yeah. so it's like, now what? You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay financially. I've got a great family. Like, things are good, but... But what's the bigger picture here? And I started looking at legacy and how much time I had left. And, and that's really the last five years is when it, it sunk in. So one of the reasons I wanted to spend some time with you, amongst other things, you know, you, you were one of these people that keep coming up in my circles like, oh, you got you to gotta meet Scott. You got to meet Scott and talk to him about it, about his business and just his, his philosophy. Um, you know, you, you also made a shift from, I shouldn't say a shift. Did the, did the, did the idea of taking, um, you know, growing the, the, your existing business and then creating kind of a toolkit and an agency optimization business, did that kind of correspond at the same time when you're like, oh, man, I really got to figure out how to get more time for money? Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple of things that happened. Um, you know, so running, I'm in a small town. And, and mm -hmm. so at the time, I probably had four or five employees at my insurance agency. And... You know, I guess it's a double-edged sword. It was a good and bad thing where I started looking around and I'm like, now what? Like, I can I can mm -hmm. train these four or five. I can work with these four. And they're awesome. They're great at yeah. what they do. And everything's cooking on the surface. Everything looks great. But I'm like, is this it? Like, is this mm -hmm. what I'm going to do, like, for the next 20, 30 years? Um, and so I realized there were a lot of other agency owners who were struggling, who had pain points that they needed help with that I had the answer to. And it was really just this aha moment of instead of working with my four or five employees all the time, why don't I work with four or five hundred or four mm -hmm. or five thousand of, you know, employees that, that other agency owners have that, that they need uh, our help. And so really, I just took the systems, processes, mindsets that we used on a daily basis and created the platform to, to share it with others. Let's back up to yeah. these processes, because it seems like that is... Um, I don't know, like your superpower is some of those process, process development, right? How did you know when you were developing these things that like, that this is good? Like this is a, yeah. this is a thing that I, you know, I struggle with um, personally and then certainly a lot of the folks that I work with too. It's like, how do you, how do you know that what you've yeah. got is something that is, is good? Yeah, great question. And, and really it's, it's trial and error. Okay. Um, because most everything I launch, I don't know. 
if it's good. Mm-hmm. I would even argue nothing I launch. I know I don't okay. know if anything yeah, is yeah, good. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so it's really just putting it out there into the world. Yeah. Um, and then asking for feedback. You know, and and uh, and it's funny too because some things are good for some people. It's almost like art. You know, sure. know yeah, yeah. those that come while we're watching the video, yeah. you know, there's like six faces behind right. us. All I saw was a donut, right? And, but, and, and, <laughs> I've never heard donut, but that's, that's great. That's great. Oh, that's cool. I'm a middle-aged, overweight <laughs> dude. So, um, but, you know, the point is we'll put someone through one of the programs and they love it. And we'll put someone through the same program and they're like, yeah, it just it doesn't work for me, right? And, and so is it the program or is it the person? And so instead of trying to do a one size fits all, this works mm-hmm. for everyone, wide brush approach, it's like, hey, here's what works for me, right? Now you can put your own spin on it. Yeah. I would encourage you to, um, here's the foundational habits and the core, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning and reasons why we do this, but ultimately, what you do with it is up to you. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, you know, a put it out there, right? Don't be afraid to put crap out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, people will tell you, right? If okay. you're not selling any, or yeah. if it's just, you know, and, and and you know, and don't surround yourself with with yes people. And this is something I learned the hard way too, which is I was beta testing a lot of things on my friends mm-hmm. who didn't have the heart to tell me Scott this stinks. Were they in the industry too? In the industry. Okay. Yeah. So so specific to, you know, the programs we were putting out. And so everyone was like, Yeah, this is great, this is great. And then when we went public with certain things, you start getting the real <laughs> so Can you tell me a story about that? Like where you got some tough, some tough love or some tough feedback. Yeah, you know, it, it, and so the sales, I guess, it, in general, you've got to have some thick skin, right? And it's yeah. something I struggle with because I don't, and I know this about myself. Um, but we were too broad. So the first thing that we released was was all around morning routines and meditation and positive journaling and getting mm-hmm. yourself right mentally and physically and spiritually first. And, you know, my beta group was like, yeah, this is great. And I've been trying this stuff and it works. And then we released to the masses and it really didn't take. Mm-hmm. And and so I guess the, the initial tough love story was they're like, dude, we want to know about insurance. And I'm like, yeah, mm. but this, this leads to you being yeah, a better insurance yeah. agent. Cause if you show up as the best version of yourself, yeah. then you're going to, and they're like, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what are the word tracks when you're calling someone to ask for a quote? And I'm like, okay. All yeah. right. So I'm, I'm off base here. Right. And okay. so I kind of had a holding in. So, you know, nothing that it's all good stuff. Right. Yeah. But it, it, it's, um, I was, I was just off target, you know, with that. And that's still a piece of what we do, mm-hmm. but it's not for everyone. But you know, when I, when I hear you talk about that, where it's the, the mindset, the routines, um, you know, when we were kind of hanging out before this, we read the same books, yeah. we listen to the same podcast. There's so much of that stuff out there. Yeah. So what what um, made you think that, you know, I'm going to – were you making an assumption – sorry, these are long, long-ass questions, man. But, like, <laughs> you know, when I think – one of the things that I, I struggle with, too, is that, like, I assume that my clients – all read, think, right. and and consume yeah. the same stuff that I do, and so I am. I feel like I can't. I can't use these tools because they're already gonna. They're already gonna know yeah. that. Yeah. How how do you get over that hump? Or are you are you just like listen? They're not. My job is to be a curator. Yeah. They're not reading it and, and looking at it. How so do you? I, I love that? the self awareness you have, um, <clears throat> and this is very common. And this is something that that a lot of in my world agency owners struggle with. They're like, Scott, I don't get it. I'm giving them a great salary. I'm giving them benefits. I'm giving them all this commission. I'm giving them the leads. Like, you know, they don't show up on time. They don't mm-hmm. want to work extra hours. They don't want to grind. Mm-hmm. Like, they, and what they're doing is they're looking at this person through their lens. Mm-hmm. I, 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 me, 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 me. Right. And and I say this with all love. It's not about you. Yeah. You know, it's about them. 
and, and meeting them where they are. And so I think the number one mistake we make is that we, we view people through our lens and then we can't understand why they don't do or mm -hmm. think or feel the same way we do. And we assume mm -hmm. that they do the, the basic things that we're doing, but, but they're they not, you know? Yeah. And, and so, so many times we try to take square pegs and put them in round holes, you yeah. know, when we're trying to lead other people. And ultimately it's like, dude, you can pay that person $500,000 a year to sell 100 life policies, yeah. but they're not going to because it's not about the money. Like something just isn't it within them feeling yeah. or what we talked about earlier, the belief in the product. Right. If the belief's right. not there, then they can talk to a thousand people and that's going to show. And those thousand people are going to be like, yeah, this person doesn't believe in it. I don't believe yeah. in any of their type deals. So, so I guess my, my feedback there would be take you out of the picture you mm -hmm. know and there's a lot of moments i'm a I, I say that i'm not a big ego guy but then i put my name and face all over everything yeah, sure. and, you know so i guess i kind of am so i had to swallow that that ego a little bit and understand that it's not about me mm -hmm. would you consider yourself a um you do a lot of content you know yeah. for you do daily huddles you're doing live Zooms with your community. And I, I want to dig really into the community part of it. Sure. But I guess maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse, but I'm going to anyway, which is, do you consider yourself a, a creator or a curator? Um, I'm going to be completely honest here. I probably can't even give you the definition of curator. Yeah. Okay. No, <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a creator. Or a remixer. You're a remixer or a yeah, creator? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a creator, you know, cool. 100%, um, with certainly some remixes totally, in totally. there, right? Because everything that, that I'm doing is some form of something else that I've heard, but now I put my own little spin on it type deal. Yeah. So, so I guess that makes me both. Um, but I'm a grinder is the answer uh, that you're probably looking for, yeah. which is, you know, my whole deal is every single day I wake up and I create content and most of it's shit, right? But, but it's getting, it's just, it's, it's conditioning me to believe that this is who you are. You are a writer, you are a mm. content creator, you are a thought leader um, because you get up and you do it every single day, especially on the days you don't wanna do it. And when I look back on some of the stuff, now I'm like, dude, what were you, what were yeah, you thinking? Yeah. Right? What'd you do? You must've been hung over that morning, right? When you wrote that, yeah. uh, you mailed it in. Um, but then some of the stuff is like, huh, you know, I, I like that. And so when I say I'm a grinder, it's been years, probably better part of a decade now where every day I get up and I create something but then the next piece is I have the courage to share it, right? When do you, um, when do, you do that? Is that the first? Because you're also running an insurance agency. Yep. So are you creating content first thing in the morning? First thing, yeah. First thing in the morning. So, so what I would tell everyone, and everyone's different, is, is find your, your power zone, your power hours, right? Because yeah. it's different for everyone. I, I wake up at 4.45 pretty much every single morning. And some people are like, dude, you're crazy. And some people are like, yeah, it's my jam too. And, and then some people are like, yeah, when the kids go to bed and 10 mm -hmm. o'clock at night, like that's when I thrive. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm three dreams deep by then, yeah. right? And it's different strokes for different folks. And there's no right or wrong way. Just figure out what works for you. And it's the whole idea of getting more done by doing less, yeah. but just doing the right things. And this goes back to this whole fascination with time again. Yeah. You know, I, I say, how does Richard Branson have 24 hours today? And he's got his hands in some capacity in 398 different businesses, and I'm struggling to figure out three. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, and it's just he's only doing the most essential. You know, and he's delegating everything else, and we're kind of getting off there. But, no, no, but, no, that, that, but, no that, that's, this is good. But it's content every single day, and then choosing which content to put out there. And when you ask, how do you know what works? Almost everything I do is for free yeah. initially, right? And, and so I'm, I'm always getting stuff out 
and I know I say don't chase likes, right, yeah, on yeah, social, yeah. but I do, right? Not so much for validation, but just for, you know, what's what's resonating with people. You know, why does someone read this and scroll past, and yeah. why does someone read it and click like or love? Um, and so it's really that's my my feedback mm-hmm. as to which content they're digging and they want me to to go deeper into. So let's let's spend some time here, not in the content part, but on the agency optimization uh, business. Because first of all, can you give us an over like what is this for people that don't know what it is? Yeah. I'm making assumptions that oh this is, <laughs> this is what you know, yeah what no it? it's just for for the company I represent, captive insurance agents who who just want uh, some virtual coaching. We we do what we call daily huddles every morning. So. Um, every morning for five, six minutes, we, we have a recorded video that goes into your team. Agents, we talk about pain points, right? Okay. So everything is, is, is what pain points can we solve? A lot of agents struggle with creating content. They don't know what to talk about in team meetings. Um, and so we deliver a five, six minute video. It's kind of a thought of the day or a mm-hmm. system or a process or a challenge. Or it always has a call to action. Like, hey, take action. Try this, mm-hmm. you know, today. Um, and it serves a couple of things. They might learn from it. Uh, the team, the agent, the team, or the agent might be preaching that already. And now it becomes third-party validation. Mm. Oh, well, Scott said it, right? You're going to get this with your kids, uh, teachers, yeah. sports coaches. They're going to be like, oh, well, so-and-so, Mr. So-and-so said this. Yeah. Like, I've been telling you that for years, dude. Yeah. You know, and, and, but they just need to hear it from somewhere else. So there's, there's that that's virtual. Um, we've got playbooks. We've got, you know, manuals, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the play-by-play uh, roadmaps, if you will. Um, and then we do the live, right? Yeah. And, and so every uh, Tuesday we do an hour teach-it session live on Zoom. And then Thursday it's all about the not closing the knowledge action gap. Okay. And, and so so many people, as you know, are knowledge junkies. They read mm-hmm. the books, they go to the seminars, they learn, learn, learn. They, you know, I, I want to know more, I want to know more, I want to know more. And there comes a point where I'm like, Ryan, stop knowing shit and start doing shit, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and so on Thursday, now we we asked them to volunteer to practice what we learned on on Tuesday. Um, so it's yeah. a it's a daily you know uh, meeting. There's there's weekly teach it. There's Thursdays practice it. There's uh, daily accountability yeah. surveys mm-hmm. that we send out. Um, so it's a pretty robust platform for agents and team members to be able to. To, to get a little extra help. What was what was today's huddle about? Uh, t- so we we are we do themes. Okay. Uh, and so uh, today, and I've got a team of uh, there's six of us now. So we split okay. these up. So Brent, who's a, an awesome agent down in Virginia, uh, he's got this week, and we're doing all things uh, life insurance. And okay. so you know his message today was the the kiss. Uh, uh, model keep, keep it simple, simple. sweetheart stupid. stupid whatever you know however <laughs> mean you want to be. Yeah. Um, so just you know we overthink very simple things yeah. and especially with life insurance it's a weird topic because everyone's going to live forever no one's going to get sick no one's going to yeah. die right and so no one wants to think about it um and and so from a sales standpoint we put so much pressure on ourselves we've got numbers and we how do we approach this conversation and so his message today was just a few pointers on how to keep the conversation simple there was uh i was at a uh, i'm part of a it's like an it's like an essay club that i'm i, I got involved with earlier this year and um last night uh, the person who was delivering a paper it was a paper on choices and mm-hmm. and like, you know how we're, you know, ninety five kinds of peanut butter, right? And like keep that that idea of, yeah. of keeping it simple, and um, you know, the the SAS delivers the essay and then everyone kind of has a reaction like what what did it make you think of? And it's a it's a conversation, and we kind of go through this the um, a lot of the dialogue and this this one gentleman, um, I thought had a really interesting insight that was um, he was saying you know when you've got all these choices 
a lot of times they're not important. He's, he goes, in your life, there's probably a dozen choices that are really important. Okay. So how do you get your mind around that? And yeah. I was thinking about, is there like an equation where it's like, you know, the, is, is the importance of a decision, you know, uh, disproportionate to the amount of choices, right? Like yeah. if, if, there's, if there's 50 choices, the decision I'm making is probably not that important, but there's only two choices, might be kind of important, yeah, you know? Man, it's an interesting way to think about it. I love that topic, and there's so many different ways we can go with this, but a couple of things I'll tell you. So in, in sales, there's what we call decision fatigue. Mm -hmm. And so when we give a perspective, a perspective buyer, a prospect, um, too many choices, they make none, yep. right? If we give them two, yeah. they can pick one, right? Yeah. So we don't want to create decision fatigue. The other thing I'll tell everyone, and this changed my life forever, uh, is, and I, you'll have to Google it, but the one thing is the book. I don't know okay. the author. I always want to give Gary Keller credit, but I don't think it's him. Uh, but the book's the one thing. And here's the essential question. He says, if you can do one thing in your life at such a high level that by doing that one thing, almost nothing else matters and everything else falls into place, what would that one thing be? And that's a heavy question, right? So what's the, what's the one thing where everything else would fall into place, almost nothing else matters? What would you want to be just exceptional at? Um, and that one thing can change, right? Mm -hmm. But but ask yourself that question. And so this is something we do in live seminars. And you know, we'll pause and, and I'll say, now ask yourself that same question. And then ask yourself that same question again. And what you're going to come up with are your, your three most essential things in Ryan Miller's life, mm -hmm. right? So right now, these are the three things that I have to be. And this goes back to the 4DX, four disciplines yeah, of execution. Yeah, yeah. So what's the wildly important goal? Same theory, right? Different spin on it, right? Sure. And so... Uh, now the magic comes with what I've coined my triple D approach, which is do it, delegate it, decline it. All right. So now if, if you were to ask me, hey, would you like to join me for a podcast? Mm -hmm. And I have nothing to promote, nothing yeah. to talk about, no value to add mm -hmm. in my mind as far as what my three essential things yeah. are, then I would decline it. Right. Um, but I do. So I do it and I do it immediately. But maybe... It's not for me right now, but I think it will help one of my businesses and I've got someone on my team and I'll say, you know what, I'm not available, Ryan, but you know, Amy is my person. Uh, she can speak wonderfully about that and add yeah. tons of value to what you're doing. So I'll delegate it to someone on my team. So everything in my life is either done and done immediately. It doesn't linger. Uh, it's delegated and my team will tell you that's about 90% of things. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. where most things yeah, yeah. fall. Uh, or, uh, or I say no. You know, because it just doesn't fit what I'm working on right now. You kind of answered the question I was going to ask you in terms of how much space do you give yourself to make that decision? I mean, this is a, this is a philosophy that I've tried to use just literally just for email. Yeah. And I still yeah. struggle with that, right? Yeah. Like respond, delete it, or yeah, or do so, like send it to somebody, yep. right? You know, but I also understand that sometimes there's 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 deep there's sub actions that have to happen before I could make an maybe make an effective decision. How do you spend time operating in that environment yeah. or you're just like listen this is if i know i know and if i don't i don't i gotta make a decision right now the key to my life is protecting me from me because mm. left to my own choices i'll mess it up um and i know this about me what do you mean by that All go right. a little so yeah that. so i'm gonna go deeper here and, and everyone's in a different place is listening to this and you might be thinking like when i say the term executive assistant you yeah. might be thinking like like that what am I gonna do in the, you know, yeah. like that's not there's a couple of things so Michael Hyatt uh, has a great book on specifically on on executive assistance and then Dan Martell just released a book called buy back your time okay um, and there's a great chapter uh, as well on that but but ultimately figure out what your time is worth 
okay? And anything that you can pay someone mm-hmm. to do that's less than what your time's worth, then pay that person to do it. And, you know, this can go right down to shop. We're seeing this now, post-COVID yeah. world, right? Or during COVID, the people shopping for shopping, groceries. Yeah. Uh, people, you know, like, I don't go get my oil changed. Uh, you know, I'm not getting yeah. my car detailed. I'm not, uh, we don't do our grocery shopping. I'm not cleaning my house. I'm yeah. not doing my lawn. I'm not, you know, so all these different things that, that are time sucks yeah. right um and you mentioned email i'm the weirdo that has no emails no that's great that's good. i aspire to that yeah it, but it's not because of me it's because uh, i have an executive assistant we have a standing meeting uh 9 30 obviously a little bit different this morning but you know we'll adjust it yeah. but we have a standing meeting 15 minutes everything i try to do is, is less than 15 minutes um where we meet and she tells me if there's anything in my email I need to know about or she needs direction on or she can delete or she can handle. Um, but I don't manage my email. I don't manage my calendar um, because those are decisions that aren't important for me to make. Um, this was the other thing I'll encourage people to do. I'm kind of jumping around here. This no, was, this but great. This was this an, this really was an eye opener for me. Um, it wasn't last summer. It was the summer before I was burned out and i've got a whole thing on burnout too burnout is not overworking it's doing too much of the things that don't motivate you that you're not passionate about don't light you up right and because i can work 14 hours a day on something that lights me up burnout comes from when you're doing too much of the wrong things and that's where i was and i said you know what i'm gonna take three weeks no phone no social media no email I told my team at the agency, I'm like, if it burns down, call the fire department, I'll figure it out in three weeks. Like, don't, no one talk to me, right, for three weeks. Um, But I couldn't go that far, right? I aspired to do that. And so with my executive assistant, I said, hey, I need five minutes a day. So we did these five-minute meetings. I said, just let me know in five minutes or less anything that does need my attention or anything that Mm -hmm. came up. And it was the biggest aha moment of my life when I realized how little I was needed. (laughs) <laughs> it was humbling, right? Yeah. Frankly, because there were plenty of days where my EA would text me and be like, there's really nothing for us to talk about. Enjoy your day. That's awesome. And I'm like, it, it, yeah. we think that everything needs us. We think that well, if I, if I you know, send it over to Jay, he won't do it the way I will. Who cares? As long as he's like 70, 80% close yeah. to doing it right, then that's still that's way enough. better use of my time. Yeah. How do you... In, in that situation, you know, I, I, I aspire and subscribe to that. Like if, if you're, if you can, if you can delegate that out and, you know, figure out the economics around it, the, the problem with, with, with that, that a lot of people experience, myself included, is when do you start to do that? Because there, there becomes, there's a lag, right? You've got to fill that hole with income, yeah. right? Yeah. So where do you, where did you start and be like, all right, I'm going to, did you wait to have the income first or yeah. were you like, I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to figure out the income. That's part. a great observation. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a big hole in what I just, you know, shared that people don't realize. I totally want to do that too. It, yeah, Cause yeah. the first thing people think of when they hear that is, all right, if someone's doing my shopping they're doing my lawn, they're doing my housework, they're doing my email, they're doing like, then Scott's just like laying in a hammock and drinking yeah. my ties all day, which, you know, some days, but sure. not many. Right. Yeah. And so the idea is you need to now fill that time with what you are, uh, a superpower. Yeah, yes, what yeah. And, and so, you know, ultimately, if I were working with you one-on-one, I would say, what what's your thing? What's yeah. your jam? What are you passionate about? What can you ultimately, what's your unique ability that you can take into the world and monetize? Mm-hmm. Um, where if you had an extra four hours a day, 
you could hone in on just that yeah. and ultimately make money. And so when we talk about creating content and filming training videos and, and writing these manuals and, you know, just learning, right? Just taking yeah. time for, for me to learn from others and, and be coached. Um, I fill those voids uh, of time mm -hmm. with things that are income producing activities. But when? Oh, okay. I guess that, that, to, that to me is the, 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 the paralysis yep. part, yeah. right? Because I think we, I intrinsically know this. Like, this makes logical yep. sense to me. Yeah. I'm a creature of logic. Yeah. But when? Like, okay. yeah, or, or did, and it was baby steps. You're like, you know what? I'm going to offload groceries and I'm going to try to see if I can fill that hour with billables and I'm going to offload yep. whatever. Yeah. So the, I think the first thing is you have to figure out what is your thing that you're going to do with the mm -hmm. time. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, because if you don't have a thing that's going to make you more money by delegating these yeah, other tasks, then you're, you're just yeah. spending money and, and you can sit in a hammock, but you're going to have less money yeah. doing that, which yeah. is going to stress you out if you're a type A. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, so I guess step one would be, all right, do you have that thing? Mm -hmm. that that idea that vision for something yeah. that i can monetize something i've kind of dipped my toe in the water but i haven't gone all in like can i now go all in or close to it if i have an extra mm -hmm. three four hours a day so that's step one step two is just jump and figure it mm -hmm. out on the way down and that's the problem that a lot of people have and and this is where tribes become huge because if you and i are cut from the same cloth and we're going to create this accountability partnership Okay, and you're gonna give yeah. me your goal for the month of March, I'm gonna hold you to it, right? And I'm gonna push you because we'd say all the time, like, oh, I'm my own worst critic, or I'm hard on myself, or I'm, you know, no, you're not. You're easy on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, and the best example is the gym, right? If you get up at, yeah. at five in the morning and it's cold, and you know, you know, it's like, eh, I'll, I'll work out later, I'll eat better, I'll do, you know. But if Ryan's gonna meet me at the gym yeah. at 5 a.m., Right now, I'm going to show up because you're going to be there. Yeah. Um, so, get an accountability partner, right, or a coach, or you know. But all this stuff is jump, figured out on the way down before you you feel ready. If you wait to be 100% ready to do anything, you're never going to do anything. I want to move this to the concept of you know building your online communities because mm -hmm. that's a thing that you've done a great job at and I guess the question that I have is um, you've got a chicken and egg problem when you're starting to build a community yeah. right like when you're like hey this is a, join our community but there's no who's the first person that joins that community and how do you I guess how did you um, decide that this is this is I'm gonna build an online community and um, how did you get those first people into it yeah you know where, so, where they where they stuck with it i love this because it goes hand in hand with the last question you asked you know so it's the whole field of dreams right yeah. if you build it they will come not necessarily so i think you have to get a little bit of traction before you go you know whatever your your main yeah. primary hustle is right you, you kind of got to start with the side hustle first yeah. you know before you just kind of jump over um, but to answer your question I can only speak from my own experience. I'm not saying this is the right way to do it, but everything in the beginning was free, mm -hmm. right? And so when we look at what's the value equation, so let's go to math, right? So if our numerator uh, is in the up and then our, our line and then our denominator below that, the denominator is the cost. The numerator is, is what they're receiving for that price. So mm -hmm. how much can you put into the numerator so that the denominator almost becomes who cares, right? Because yeah. I'm getting so much value yeah. for this that, that it makes sense. So if the cost is zero, 
then there's a ton of value, right? And and so whoever your group is, so if, if you're looking for, hey, you know, young entrepreneurs who, who want to get started, but they don't know how, mm-hmm. right, we can identify these people. Now, what are the first steps, just first three steps that I can add a ton of value? Yeah. And I say, hey, look, you know, let me help you. Let me teach you. Let me show you how this is done. And what's going to happen is through that, you're going to start building the content. Mm -hmm. You're going to get feedback from them. You're going to get their wins and their struggles. You're going to get their pain points because all sales is, is what's Ryan's biggest pain point? Can I solve it? And then I name the price. And if it makes sense for both of us, we got a deal, right? So, so through just identifying the tribe, offering your services completely free, right? Mm -hmm. In exchange for their feedback and their testimonials right because testimonials are huge um that's how this thing started you know it was just hey you know let's start like a little group that that i can help i can show you the same way and then good news travels fast you know and so when these people are getting wins and they're getting these testimonials and they're they're liking certain content but not then you can adjust on the fly and all of a sudden you know it compounds over time let's talk about the compounding briefly because everyone's worried about a lot of clients that I work with, oh my God, what if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't yeah. work? Well, you, what if it works? Yeah. You know, and you've been yeah. experiencing that growth, where you know you're you're working with hundreds of people. Um, how did you did you have to figure out how to build this thing to scale out of the box, or were you just like, hey, I'm gonna just I'm gonna do this all manually and then just sort it out? Yeah. So the just jump part and figure it out on the way down. Um, comes the, the downside of that is there's a lot of pain because yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. there's a lot of yeah, stuff to figure yeah. out and, and you learn the hard way a lot of times. Yeah. Um, the other thing where I'll start is where you started the question is I'm a no plan B guy, right? Okay. And, and so I have mm-hmm. a, uh, my mentality and this works well in sales too, is that zero minus zero equals zero. So what does that mean? You don't subscribe to, you know, my, my platform. Mm-hmm. You're not one of my members. And so if I approach you, and I want to talk to you about what we can offer, I have nothing, right? You're already not a customer, right? And so if at the end of our conversation, you go, you know what, Scott, that sounds great, just not for me or Mm -hmm. not now, okay? Then I still have nothing. Mm -hmm. So zero minus zero equals zero. What did I lose, right? But if I choose not to have that conversation with you, now I've lost, right? Because I lost the opportunity cost. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I think this whole you know, what if I lose? What if I fail? Yeah, it's easy for me to sit here and say that's a, a self-defeating attitude and you shouldn't mm-hmm. do that. I know, but that's the answer. Yeah. You know, yeah. it is, is like, what's worst case scenario? And, and mm-hmm. so these are games I play with myself because I'm very nervous by nature. So if I go and I'm going to give a, a talk in front of 100 people, like I'm scared to death, right? I'm going through breathing exercises. I'm doing little mini praise, prayers and meditations and different things in my head. But ultimately, what brings me back to center is I go, Scott, what's the worst case scenario? If you go out there and literally vomit or mm-hmm. pass out or everyone laughs at you and makes fun of you and, and, and it's just you have to run off stage, is your mom still going to love you? Mm-hmm. Is your wife still going to love you? Are your kids still going to love you? Are you still going to have the opportunity to come back and try again or, or do something different? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so what's the worst case scenario? What do you what do you have to lose? And, and people no one gets to their deathbed. I'm going back to the deathbed here, but no one gets to their deathbed and goes, Oh shit. I wish I didn't try all that stuff. I wish I didn't take so many chances. Right. It's all the regrets of what they didn't do, what they didn't try, what they didn't say, what they didn't ask. And so when you're in that moment and and that's really what the whole book is about that, you know, we haven't talked about yet for the listeners are like what book, right. But, but when I, you know, the book is about 
and you mentioned it earlier, there's like 12 big decisions, right? So, so the book is 36 different crossroads mm -hmm. that you need to identify that you're going to get to, and you've got to make a choice. And I'm not here to tell you which choice is right and which is wrong. I'm just here to tell you, you're you going to have one. to make a yeah. choice, be prepared for it and be prepared for the consequences, good or bad yeah. that come from it. Um, and so I guess I would just challenge everyone that if you're to the point where you've got an idea, you've got a vision, you've got this thing that's inside of you and you're, you're scared because what if it fails, right? You're already failing by not releasing mm -hmm. that to the world, right? Yeah. Give it a try. You're never going to regret it. Um, you know, the, the, uh, every person that you look at, anyone listening yeah. that they deem successful is a failure times a hundred, right? It, it, it's just, yeah. you, you don't see those. Right. right. No, <laughs> but but they, true, they, they've true. all gotten to where they yeah. are because they failed a million times. Yeah, it's at that, right? hundred percent. That's it. Well, let's talk, let's talk about the book because this is, this is your second book, but this is not mm -hmm. a book for insurance agents. Right. This is a book that, um, and you, you were, I, I overheard when you were talking with, with uh, Spina this morning, you just told your son about this? Yeah. This is a book for yeah. your son. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, the long and short of it is, um, you know, it's my son. I have three children. What's the name of the book, first uh, it's of all? Essential F-Words for <laughs> Teens. Okay. Uh, and then the subtitle is The 117 Things You Need to Know Before Graduation. So how do we get there? So my oldest is, is about to become a senior. This is mm -hmm. me last summer. And I had a little bit of a, a mental breakdown because I'm like, you know, financially, if I croak tomorrow, my kids are going to be fine. Yeah. Right. Thank you, life insurance. But they're going to be good. My wife's going to be good. But there's a whole lot of things up here in my you know, brain that, that they lose yeah. and they don't have access to once I'm gone. And it started kind of freaking me out. I'm like, here's my oldest son going out into the real world, so to speak. Um, and I don't know if he knows half the crap that I want him to know. Yeah. You know? And so I started just writing this, for lack of a better term, love letter you know, to okay. my son. And, and then it turned into like bullet points of all the things that you really need to know. And then I expanded upon that. And, and when all was said and done, I had like you know, almost 300 pages of, of notes. Oh, this wow. is part of the morning content okay. you know, that I was doing. Uh, and then I realized it wasn't just for my son. This was for all teens. And they say that you're, you're best equipped to help the version of you that most needed that help you know, yeah. when you were there. And I was a, a teenager, uh, 16, 17, 18, that just lacked self-confidence. I believed the, the negative self-talk mm -hmm. in my head that I wasn't smart enough and good enough, strong enough, attractive enough, prepared enough, whatever. Um, and, and I struggled. You know to to work through a lot of that stuff and so you know ultimately i put it all you know i realized some themes you know there were some some a lot of f words and not the f word that obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's a you know just uh failure is mm -hmm. the first first section you know just you're, you're we're trained in school that failure is bad and everything you and i are yeah. talking about here is like no it's not right it's a data point yeah right. yeah right yeah. It, it, it's uh right you, you, you f that's where you find out yeah. you know what works and what doesn't so anyway so yeah it's it, um it, it became kind of a passion project and uh, it became a book and uh so my goal is to try to get the book into the hands of as many graduating seniors you know it it's called four teens, but if I'm, you know, being honest here, like 16, 17, 18, mm -hmm. yeah, the younger teens, it's a little probably over their heads. But, but the cool thing is it was a full circle moment. A couple of things happened. I realized all the people I was coaching and training in their 30s, 40s, and 50s were all dealing with the same crap mm -hmm. that they were dealing with in their teens. So if they could head it off then, right? If they <laughs> yeah. can head it off then, they you can know, solve they, it They lack self-confidence. Yeah. They're scared. They're afraid of failure. They're, you know, there's no plan B, which is chapter two, which mm -hmm. is burn the boats, right? Mm -hmm. There's no plan B. Um, you know, if, if I could just 
get some of that out to the the kids earlier right what would their lives look like later on the trajectory if they knew it earlier then the big aha moment for me is i i went to a local high school where i had a, a contact with a teacher and i had her give a, a survey unanimous survey to is that the word yeah. anonymous, anonymous. anonymous. Now, it wasn't unanimous but yeah. it was close yeah. uh, we'll get there so anonymous survey to to all of the uh, juniors okay and there was about a hundred uh, that, that took this and there was five or six basic questions but one of the questions were what one self-belief or limiting belief holds you back more than any and 88 percent of the respondents had some version of i'm not smart enough i'm not confident enough i'm not prepared enough i don't know enough i don't have enough money right all of these limiting beliefs started pouring out of juniors 16 year olds for the most part uh who are about to go into their senior year and i'm like 88 out of 100 yeah. are struggling with this problem. yeah and, and so i'm not saying the book solves it all but mm -hmm. it starts dialogue for kids and parents you know or, or even my wife read the book and she's like this is probably better for the parents than it is the kids mm -hmm. and i'm like well that's fair you know and, and so the parents that are looking to communicate with their kids at a different level yeah um gives them some simple talking Which points is hard to do anyway i don't have 100%. teenagers man but like yeah. i'm not i'm that's gonna be hard <laughs> it's super right? hard right and so here's how it's gonna go ryan how was your day? Good. Yeah. What'd you do? Nothing. Yeah. You know, what do you got tomorrow? Nothing. Yeah. Right. And, and so if there's something in one of, and all the chapters are short, like four pages a piece, uh, they all end with, you know, three things that you need to know. And that's how we end up with 117 is the, we add up all the bullet points uh, and they all end with a crossroad. Right. And, and so, you know, Hey, maybe we're at the dinner table and I just ask a, a whacked out question like is failure good or bad. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and what makes you think that? You know, and, and uh, you know, what's your biggest failure, you know, in life? Yeah, just random, like dad's being a goofball type question. And it could be, yeah. you know, however you communicate with it. And that's it, you know, just, just to have some dialogue. And again, you mentioned data points and, and talking yeah. points. It's like, all right, you know, where can we dive deeper? But just creating more meaningful conversation. What's, what's one of the F words? Yeah, so I, I mean, mean. We talk about failure. Yeah, but, we talk yeah. about failure. Talk about faith, but not in a religious Mm -hmm. way but in a way that if you do jump you got to believe you got to have the faith that you're going to figure it out yeah. on the way down um you know we talk about friends and family fitness finance you know foundational habits and then really the only person you're working for today and this is we talk about comparison as the thief of joy yeah. right and so instead of chasing likes and trying to please everybody the only person ryan's playing for today is future Ryan. And so the last chapter is all about what can you yeah. do to to have future you look back and be like, dude, I'm glad he did that when he was 18, yeah. right? That's good. That's um, good. And so that's the final, you know, effort is future you. But um, but yeah, that's... Uh, uh, can I ask you, you just, you just told your son that this exists. Yeah. What was their reaction? Yeah, so he was... Uh, you know he he's a pretty simple dude and, and it's cool he's a great test subject and you know he's my kid i love him to death but he's struggled you know he things and i with three different kids and you know, mm -hmm. i know you have multiple kids they're all different so my my second son who's only 18 months younger everything just comes natural sports comes natural school comes natural for our oldest tyler everything was a struggle and so um you know, it's kind of cool to go through this journey that we're yeah. embarking, you know, with him because, you know, he is the, you know, that, that middle point, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, where he's, he does well, but not like to that level and, and he struggles, but he's not struggling to like the lowest end. But, uh, 
yeah, it, you know, you're going to find with teens, it's hard to get much out of them yeah. and with <laughs> good yeah. or bad. So, but was he mortified? Or was no, he like, this is cool, this nah. is really cool? See, I guess, the, and that's the difference. They've watched me for years, yeah. um, you know, uh, give talks and, and speeches, and I did their career days yeah. at school, yeah. and, and I was inducted into my high school's Hall of Fame, and so they were at that. So they've seen me speak, yeah. and, and they know what I do, and, and, and we've traveled quite a bit, um, you know, for seminars and workshops. So, so they know I'm a little you know, off kilter anyway and do some whacked out public things. Facing, it, it, right? yeah. yeah. And and so it wasn't like a shock to him. Yeah. Um, but I think he's cautiously optimistic. Well, what a gift. Yeah. What a gift. You know? You might not it's 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 adult it's probably I'm making an assumption here, I'm projecting, but like, you know, future him is yeah. gonna be like, well, how how crazy is this that like my dad wrote a book with yeah. me in mind. Yeah. You know? Do you feel like he is um I'm not trying to compare your kids, but like <laughs> Because is it Ty- Tyler? Tyler is the oldest. Yeah. Um, you know, one things are coming a little easy for him. Is one has one developed more resilience than the other? Um, ooh, that's a great question. Um, I think they they all struggle with it, and I don't want to dive too deep here because yeah. you know, but but uh, and I don't want to blame, but you know, they're, they're COVID kids. Yeah. You know, Ty's yeah. group, and if you look at it. And we get into the education part here. Uh, the timeline of his life was normal schooling. When I say normal, like old school, like, yeah. like you and I. Uh, normal schooling. Then they went to Common Core. Yep. And everything switched. That was a and, then, and then for yeah. like three or four years, you know, early in, in elementary school or mid-elementary school, they switched to Common Core. And they're like, ah, this isn't working. So then they switched back to normal school. And then those those crucial social years, right, his yeah. freshman year of, of high school, the, the world shut down. Yeah. And then, you know, it was all virtual his sophomore year. And then his junior year was kind of like a hybrid. And now he's a senior. Like, he, they haven't taken Regents. They, 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 don't, they don't even do the SATs. SATs are optional. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so everything's been like, just give a pass, give a pass. And so when you ask the question about resilience, it's probably my biggest concern for this group of kids is that they haven't had to really overcome yeah. any adversity. And I say that cautiously because... Well, hell yeah. There's been a ton of adversity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've gone through crap that we never dreamt of. Well, there's adversity and there's trauma. Okay, yeah. So right. I guess more trauma yeah. without them even realizing yeah. it. Um, but I guess you don't know what you don't know either. But I guess my point ultimately is the the, the number one characteristic, I think, someone who, who is hungry for success and moving up the ladder and launching their own business mm-hmm. and doing things that we're talking about is how well you bounce back is that resilience is that how well do you deal with adversity right how well do you do you deal with failure um you know and and just can you get this concept of failing forward there is no failure as long as you learn from it and fail forward um and this group has kind of been passed along um and haven't had to deal with it and they're about to get some you know some tough lessons and so that's something that i don't shy away from in the book is is you know just those out of textbook type lessons from the real world and and i make it very clear up front that probably 90 percent of it isn't going to apply to them or even make sense to them now you know it's really right. more of a you know keep it on your shelf at some point look back yeah. uh and, and you're gonna be like oh yeah you know this makes sense but but really it's creating self-awareness and that's super important i mean self the self-awareness part is just that's a muscle you gotta flex i yeah. think and, and work um you're great at it by the way. i'm trying yeah <laughs> uh 
the, we've we've got the the, the pre-published version in front of us. When's the pub, well? This is gonna this is gonna publish probably second week of March. Yeah. So is it is so it we're now? In it. We're if live. We're, we're live. Yeah. Okay. Where live. can people get it? Yeah. Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. So. Uh, so we want to search for you. Want to search for essential. You, you can do either or. Here's the funny thing about it. if you go to Scott Greats, you're gonna get a whole bunch of like street grates and metal type things, and you know, <laughs> and, and you're gonna get some yeah. Scott's fertilizer okay. and things like that. Um, but if you put Scott Greats book, it will show up, or you okay. just put in essential F words. Cool. Um, and it will show up. And then we're, we're looking ultimately, even if, if people aren't into reading, um, Jay is building the, uh, the website, which will be Tribe of yep. Teens. Um, and the goal there is really to, to copy James Clear and just uh, we're going to release a weekly newsletter so we'll extract different things from the books. So, you mm -hmm. know, if the kids don't want to read the whole book, and most won't, yeah. um, then we're just going to extract certain things and put it into a quick newsletter. We're going to be doing some podcasting and different you know messages over social. So all free. Um, so anyone, parents, kids can join the tribe of teens and get access to uh, little bullet points. Is that going to be like tribeofteens.com? It will. Okay, yeah. Cool. Sorry. <laughs> um, what about what about the rest of, of your of your businesses? So is everything at your website? If I'm interested in, um, you know, learning more about the agency optimization, if I want you to be my insurance agent, yeah. like, I mean, yeah. where else can people find you and, yeah. and get in touch with so you? I'm pretty easy to find over Google. Um, you know, but yeah, really three main places. So for insurance, um, we are that's scottgrates.com. Mm -hmm. It's also insuredthevalley.com. For uh, the training, it's it's agencyoptimization.com. Uh, and then for anything with with the book and, and subsequent material for kids and parents, it'll be tribeofteens.com. I know you don't do e your own email right now, uh, <laughs> but if people want to get in touch with you or have a question, are you receptive to that? And if so, what's yeah. the best way oh, to yeah, do that? Yeah, absolutely. I welcome that. And uh, yeah, I would say use the tribe of teens. Right now, we're just using tribeofteens at gmail.com. Okay. Um, and cool. Michelle will read it and then tell me. And like, you know, yeah. it's <laughs> cool. uh, that's awesome, man. I, listen, uh, I could do this for, obviously I could do this for hours. We've done this for a couple of hours all in, but um, let's do this again after, yeah, after we get some uh, more yeah, data points. so many different uh, you know, rabbit holes we can jump down and, and things that, that yeah. certainly, you know, uh, like I'm saying, we could talk for days actually. Okay, I want to thank Scott for spending a lot of time with me uh, in getting this, this first podcast in the new season off the ground. What a great guy. I could spend all day talking to him. And I want to uh, shout out to Mr. John Spina as well, who connected the two of us. Uh, John got me, got me off my butt and motivated to start this new season of conversations uh, beginning with Scott. So thanks a lot, Spina. I appreciate it. A um, lot more to come. Please make sure that you're subscribed. Check out the website, rustbeltstartup.com. I've got a lot of great things that I'm going to be launching in the next couple of months, including online courses, um, mentorship, and hopefully by the end of the year, a new online community. So I hope you'll be a part of it. Thanks a lot for tuning in. See you next time.